You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Greg Cupney, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! I don't know what led you to this point in your life, but thanks for listening to the Tune Out CFL podcast. It's Travis Kura and Brazilian Tide. What led us to actually wanting to do this in the first place? Like, I think that's more of the issue. <laughs> Man, I'm still adjusting. Uh, to, it takes me about two weeks to uh, get back to normal after, like, uh, having a long weekend or going camping or whatever. And then I, I'm gone again. So I'm really not ever. On Saturday, it'll be 16 weeks that I haven't worked. and I'm going back. Like, you want to talk about an adjustment period. That's going to be a struggle. Yeah, and still do this on the side. Are you still like, are, are you prepping for it? Like, what's your game plan to get ready? Hate my life and plan <laughs> to drink when I get home. So nothing has changed. <laughs> Just wallow. Just when wallow it comes in to it. Brazilian tie. <laughs> no, I was called out. I was called out a couple couple weeks ago on that. So like they're like, hey, stop bitching about your job if you're not going to do anything to change it. Change it, because all you do is you come home and get blackout drunk and complain to us. I'm like, well, yeah, that's that's what guys do, isn't it? <laughs> Just stuff it down. <laughs> yeah, then it becomes an ulcer. <laughs> so uh, you you ruined your friend's week, uh, like their <laughs> dog's teeth. Like what happened here? So went over there to drop off bottles. Yeah, because my niece she. Takes my balls, that's her job, and then she has money to spend. Nice. She's, she'll be six in August. Look and, at that. Uh, good uncle, drunkle tie. There it is, drunkle, yeah. <laughs> These are the ones that call me drunkle. And, uh, <laughs> but she wasn't there, it was just the youngest. So she was having a nap. Amber left, so it was just me and her, and Austin and his brother Taylor, like my old roommate. We're all hanging out in the backyard, and I'm throwing the ball for the dogs because Taylor brought over his dog. Well, I throw one and it bounces and it goes up and it's right in between them and both mouths are open oh. and it was salt and one's they're both well one's a lab one's a Chesapeake Bay Retriever and and Hank, Carl the lab his head is a cinder block uh so he's bleeding like here and then we event the bleeding the bleeding kind of stops and he's trying to like it looked like a dog trying to claw a chicken bone out of his mouth yeah, so it's like stuck in his throat, and then right. we eventually get him to lay down, and we hold him down, and we look, and yeah, his one tooth next to his bottom canine tooth is like pushed backwards, and the root is showing. Ooh! So he's going for he's going to the dentist tomorrow. Wow! So, but Austin's like, I bet you I could just pull this. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know it's the dog, but man, I'm cringing I felt, at the thought I of this. I felt so bad. Blame and, Brazilian tie. They're like, ah, it's it's whatever. It's it's a freak accident. And then yeah. Avery came home and she just laid into me about it. She's like, oh, good job. And I'm like, look, you, they'll be fine. Be, she's like, no, you you ruined their day because both dogs like wanted nothing to do with each other after that. <laughs> they were just walt. They were just, they were hurt. Like they probably both had concussions. And it's it's going to be a thousand dollars minimum. Minimum. They, that, you you breathe well, to pull that, to pull that tooth. 
to pull that tooth, they're gonna have to put them under. Man, you breathe in the vet's office, and that's a thousand bucks. And I, so. I've been in that vet's house. Nothing they do is cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know who it is. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, week five in the CFL starts on Thursday where the Rough Riders are favorites by a touchdown over the Edmonton Elks. The over-under set at 43 and a half here. Uh, the, the Riders coming into this game banged up. Yeah, they are the favorites, but they're hurt. And it, it started against that game in Calgary before the bye. There's a lot of shuffling on the offensive line Right now, uh, a lot of it, I guess, did stem from that game, but a lot of other things going on as well. There's some illness going in there, uh, but either way, shuffling on the O-line, that's never a good sign, but they, they survived against Calgary. Now, can they survive against Edmonton? Anybody can. (laughs) There's 18 guys on the injury report for the Riders right now. What is it in uh, Saskatchewan? It's always seems to be something when it comes to injuries, man. Well, I mean, the healthcare system is in <laughs> shambles. Uh, touchdown, Jake. Now on the six-game injured list for Saskatchewan, and Mitchell Pickton is set to start there. Uh, so, I mean, are we going to see more Sean Bain? Uh, kind of an under-the-radar signing, I think, for the Riders coming over from Calgary, but made a big play against the Stamps, had that 60-yard game. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he's a fast guy, and he might be having a nice season with Trevor Harris sling- slinging him the ball the rest of the way. And and with injuries comes opportunities for guys like that. Kind of buried a little bit in Calgary when he was there, so you didn't get to see the full Potential. I mean, you look at Calgary's receivers throughout yeah. the year, it, plug and play, but they always had guys. Uh, kind of a, like a little bit of a breakout chance for him to show what he's got, and and he's taken full advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if if everybody gets healthy, that receiving core can be really good. And we're we've yet to see it, but I mean, like Mitchell Pickton drawing in, he's had good success against Edmonton in his career so far. So it, yeah, it's a loss, but. If he can fill in that spot, I think they'll be just fine. And is Edmonton scaring anybody right now? They are not. Other than their fan base. Uh, they have talented players. <laughs> there, there's no doubt about it. But to play together is a whole another mm-hmm. question. 20, Jayden... 25 players, 25 cabs. Boston Red Sox style. <laughs> Jaden Dalkey uh, making his return at free safety for Saskatchewan. So Edmonton receivers will need to watch out for him. And Milligan was full practice as well on that in that defensive secondary for the Riders. So that, that's pretty big too. Good news for the Saskatchewan secondary. Uh, the Elks have signed offensive lineman Brett Boyko, who was drafted in 2015. He ended up spending some time uh, around the uh, NFL, and then he he was recently with the Orlando Guardians of the XFL this year. So he has been playing. Um, he, he did kind of struggle, I thought, when he came back to the CFL. We'll see. I mean, but at least they're trying to make some changes mm-hmm. on uh, the offensive line in Edmonton because uh, they're going to have their hands full this week. And it seems like every week as uh, defensive lines are pinning their ears back. Why wouldn't you? Like, it just, it just seems like... I w- 
I don't want to say it's easy because it is still professional football, but when it comes to game planning, that's what you're going to have to do against this team because until they can stop it, you just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Same thing in hockey, same thing in base. Like until they can, until somebody can stop you, like why would you, why would you stop doing it yourself? Linebacker Jordan Reeves uh, signed by Edmonton as well, and it does appear that Taylor Cornelius was taking the first team reps at practice for the Elks, so he's set to start a Thursday Reeves, in Regina. That's the best Reeves signing of the week for sure. <laughs> um, Cornelius, no, you're, just, you're walking away. Yeah, I'm walking away. Okay, uh, fair enough. <laughs> Cornelius, uh, I remember last September. In Saskatchewan, he had that big game where we had like what 115 rushing yards or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, as a Rough Rider fan myself, it was one of the most frustrating losses of the season after uh, Mark Leggio. What was in. worse, that or the year Hamilton went one and seventeen? Oh well, <laughs> that wasn't surprising. Uh, <laughs> no, not in the least. Letting Taylor Cornelius run for that long. And mm-hmm. Mark Leggio, who struggled in Winnipeg last year, kicks a 55-yarder on Labor Day. Like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> anyway, that was last year. This is this year. I, I mean, does taking a game off give Taylor Cornelius any sort of confidence going into this game? I'm not can, so sure, How man. can it? How can it? Um, yeah, it's great. He gets back with the ones, but... I think he's got to know, like, how long is this leash? It can't, like, he's already been pulled and then replaced and then didn't get to start the next game. Like, if he throws two picks here in the first quarter or, you know, a pick and he's and the, they're going two and out and the offensive is, is ineffective, I don't know how that gives him any confidence. Like, he, he has to play a perfect game or else Jones is going to pull have a quick hook, I feel. <sighs> Edmonton. It is professional up. football. Like, there is pressure, but this is an unnecessary pressure. Edmonton has given up 656 rushing yards through four games. 164 rush yards a game. That is 51 yards higher than the next team per but game. Isn't Jones a defensive guru? Teams are rushing on Edmonton, uh, mm-hmm. 115 rushing attempts against. The next closest team is Hamilton at 69. Nice. And Edmonton giving up 5.7 yards a carry. Obviously, this Jamal seems Morrow like a Jamal Morrow game. Which... Uh, and, but it could spell between him and, and Frankie Hickson, too, like keep them both keep them healthy and, and hope for the best because I, there's a chance they could both put up 80, 90 yards. I was just going to say, which obviously means that uh, Jamal Morrow is going to get four carries for 19 yards. And Frankie's (laughs) going to get 20 for 130 (laughs) and two touchdowns. (laughs) The Riders actually haven't won a home game since last uh, season, last summer as well. Uh, It was early in the year. They had a, a win against an East Division opponent. Was it the Ottawa game? It might have been the last time that the Riders have won at home. Like, I know, it's nothing compared to uh, the Elks and uh, their home woes, but Saskatchewan hasn't really been a dominant force in the friendly confines of Mosaic Stadium either. No, it's basically Winnipeg West when it comes <laughs> when it comes to home field advantage. 
Right. It, it, I don't know what it, I, and I think a lot of it is the outside noise that you get in Regina. They know that, you know, home games are, well, and every team knows that home games are the most, like you've got to win at home and go 500 on the road and you'll be fine. Right. Uh, but I just think the amount of pressure that goes into those home games in Regina, I think that gets to guys and like some guys thrive under it. Some guys love that and they want to be part of that. But I think that's the reason why a lot of guys won't come to Saskatchewan. Like it, 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 it's a tough place to play. You see it in the NHL where guys don't want Canadians don't want to play in Canada. Like in the NFL, there's some markets you don't want to go to because of the, the, the pressure surrounding it. Like when you're the only game in town, it's, it's pretty tough to keep up, keep up appearances that everything is fine when, you know, you're losing games at home and, and, and saying, Oh, we don't read that. We don't listen to the outside noise. It, it's impossible. not to. Say. It's impossible not to in Regina. How are the Elks going to get Kevin Brown? going. Uh, I was expecting a big season from him following his debut last year in Edmonton, but it's, uh, I mean, again, when the run blocking is poor and he's had some And you're down two scores all the time. Fumbling as well. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Do you use him as more of a passing back? (sighs) He's got the ability for it. That's what I mean, to try to get it not necessarily like not worrying about the fumbles, but to get him away from the offensive line a little bit where guys are crashing and crashing down and, and breaking up the pocket and breaking up those run plays on that offensive line quite easily, uh, you know, kind of stretch, stretch out the defense a little bit and get them involved that way. And eventually you can start running it again. But I, but I mean, against the interior of this Riders defense, I don't know if it's the one where you want to start running between the tackles. They've sort of given Shannon Brooks more carries here and there. Mm. I kind of wonder if he's going to start squeaking his way up the depth chart and uh, gaining uh, more abilities. I know. Now, my initial fantasy lineup, I had him too. Mm. And I'm kind of going back and forth. Just the way things are going, quarterbacks are getting more expensive. Everything's getting more expensive. So you need those cheap guys. What is this, Superstore? (laughs) <laughs> and the, the the inflation on the the fantasy game is just off the charts, it's man. Unaffordable. <laughs> Can't live like this. How, How am I, I supposed to the, live, laugh, love in these conditions? How do I get that fantasy uh, rebate check in my <laughs> yeah. uh, account? I think we. Yeah, I'm definitely not making enough, so I should get one. <laughs> uh, but maybe a guy like Shannon Brooks uh, starts to get more carries. Obviously, it's a huge hail mary mm-hmm. uh, if you got him in there but uh, it's it, it'll pay off if he gets that's all edmonton's got left mm-hmm. that's it's, it it's now you're just looking for something anything a change of like not necessarily a change of scenery but just maybe a different guy here and and, and you key on him and get him going and, and that's like we saw it with with eugene lewis getting 10 targets in a game well yeah it's eugene lewis but still you want to get somebody going and giving Kevin Brown five carries doesn't get him going. Last year, Dylan Mitchell makes his debut, and he starts to have a very nice rest of the season. I kind of wonder if we're going to see that with Maurice French, who makes his debut last week, uh, has a nice game, uh, and then maybe he earns his way into the lineup the rest of the way Mm -hmm. and is kind of that under-the-radar guy for the Edmonton Elks. He's definitely got the opportunity now to shine a little bit. It it feels like it's been a while since the Riders have been a a favorite this heavily going into a game, which... (laughs) It feels like it's low. Like, it feels like seven isn't enough. 
But, but then you remember the it's the time. riders. Exactly. And you remember it's the riders and they're going to lose by three. Anything can happen. <laughs> Anything can happen, especially with the struggles on the old line. I'm, and... I'm going to be eating my feelings tomorrow at about eight o'clock, aren't I? <laughs> and we know the way Trevor Harris has started the season, he looks like a guy that's just handling the role in Saskatchewan mm-hmm. well. The, the offensive coordinator, Kelly Jeffries, is done a great job so far getting the running game involved and uh, Harris getting every receiver involved, whether it's Tevin Jones or Samuel Emulus, Sean Bain, maybe Picton gets involved this week. And now that he's in the starting lineup, he's able to spread that ball Mm -hmm. around. We've seen that in his CFL career up to this point. So not the biggest surprise, but Edmonton, needs to make him feel the heat early and often if they want to have a chance here. And Edmonton is completely capable of doing that with that front. They are. They are. They but are. At the same at the same time, you're going to blitz Trevor Harris. Yep. Veteran guy, he gets the ball out quick, he's going to find somebody. Yeah, it's just uh, Edmonton can they limit their turnovers mm-hmm. and their mistakes as best as possible and somehow stay on the field like last week more half of their drives or more are two plays and done. <laughs> yeah, your defense. Yeah, it's not even the turnovers there. that you have to that you're worried about if you're Edmonton. Like, yeah, ill-timed fumbles and stuff like that. Those, yeah. those happen to every team. In all reality, we've, we've seen it, especially early in, early in the season. But yeah, Edmonton has to sustain drives. You can't have a 40-second two-play. Yeah, two and out, and then the other team goes, you know, 70 yards in four minutes and puts up seven, and then you punt again. Like it, it's just been an an exercise in futility on the offensive side of the ball for Edmonton. And then their defense is just hung out to dry because they're out there so much. This one feels like a pretty strong spread. The Bombers eight point favorites over the, uh, over the Calgary Stampeders at home. IG field say, Friday say, night. They say football. the sports books have no faith in Jake Mayer. Yeah, and you remember Jake Mayer coming in last year, and he had that nice streak of 300-yard games, and one of those was against (laughs) Winnipeg, right? I think he only won one of those games, though, out of four, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of times... Which is is hilarious. 300 yards is kind of like, in the CFL, you should be getting that. Yeah, that's your your 3,000 strikeouts. That's, you know, 50 goals. Or not 3,000 strikeouts, sorry, like 200 innings, 50 mm-hmm. goals, you know, stuff like that. And, yeah, it's just – usually if you get 300 yards out of your quarterback and, and with the running backs they have, there's no reason they should be losing football games. But yeah, here we are. Winnipeg has given up six – this is crazy. Winnipeg's given up six passing TDs on the year. Toronto has given up the most in seven. Well, mm-hmm. also in one game they had six interceptions. So I- – <laughs> I, I I can't figure that What's out. What's that ratio at? And I guess they gave up a couple to Edmonton, so figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garbage time. Those don't count. <laughs> One of the biggest uh, pieces of news in Calgary this week is Mark and Michelle is back, and there's a chance that he's going to be playing in Winnipeg. <laughs> That's wild. They, they, they have had their depth on receiver tested, and they mm-hmm. are down to some pretty young and inexperienced players on there. Not saying they're not talented, but inexperienced. And Michelle hasn't played with the Stamps since 2018. He has since 
played uh, in the NFL, kind of bouncing around a little bit. He got into two games, but now making his return to the CFL with the Stampeders, and it does look like Reggie Bagleton will make his return to the lineup Friday night in Winnipeg. Those will be much welcome additions to Jake Mayer and the Stamps mm-hmm. offense. And and even if Mark and Michelle doesn't get in this week, I, like he's gonna if he's healthy, he's going to be in there every week. I don't think somebody's going to come in and take his job. He's so talented. He knows this offense. Yeah, it's been a while. It won't take him long to get reacclimated. And having Reggie Bagleton back, like I, I don't know how many times I've texted you, like Reggie Bagleton is so good. Like just the little things. And he, oh, he, he's so he, physical and he blocks too. Right, like he does everything well. He is Heinz Ward, but a, but bigger. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So of course, like I hate to like him, but just because he's a stamp. <laughs> but like if if he if him and Mark and Michelle are in the lineup and you still have. A guy like Luther, Huck uh, and And it looks like Trade he him. might miss this week, yeah. actually. Trey Adams, Dukes, Colton Hunchak, those guys to, to take those set, those third and set, like those secondary routes and set stuff up. That just, I mean, it, it they become really hard to stop. Really hard. And, you know, if Reggie one-on-one, that you have to throw that ball to him. It's big getting uh, Michelle back now that uh, Malik Henry is out for a significant period of time for the Stampeders. Is this uh, Diedrich Mills' first time playing the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? From, um, from what I can find, like what's on my stat sheet, I mean, it's probably more uh, dependable than what we have because we have nothing. Yeah, I'm but, starting to think that uh, he's it, well, one of those guys. He might have returns and stuff. Right. But that doesn't count. So when a guy only has returns, it, like I'm still counting as a game played, but it, like it, he just hasn't been involved in the offense is what it is. So he could have still been in the game. I think uh, the the Stamps are going to want to – I don't know if they want to engage in a shootout with the, the Bombers, although the last couple of weeks they've slowed down mm-hmm. uh, compared to the first couple of weeks of the season. But When you run the same playbook for four years, people start to figure it out. <laughs> they just need still a can't way. stop it, but you can slow it down. They need a way to keep uh, Diedrich Mills involved. This guy mm-hmm. runs angry, and I'm starting to think he's one of those guys that is going to have success no matter who he plays against. Just yeah. don't fall behind the Bombers. Keep him involved, and that'll be a key for the Stampeders. And it, and it seems like the physicality is what gets him going. Like He, wants he likes to it. He yeah. wants to get hit. He wants to run over a couple guys, get that. He's like, okay, that's what it's like to be hit. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he's running over guys, going for those extra yards, getting first downs. He can, he can catch a little bit coming out of the backfield. Like This is a guy that you he has to be involved in your game plan, and just seems like so many teams right now are abandoning the run still. We talk about it every every couple weeks where, oh, you only got five carries, you only got six carries, and, and the, yeah, they kind of fall behind. But if you're only down by a touchdown, it's not that big a deal. Feed him the rock. Like, this is a guy that can get 100, 120 yards a game, put up, you can extend drives for you. Yeah. Are you going to have some two and outs? Yeah, probably. Are you going to have some second and longs? Yep. But you, if you just abandon it and you go back to him in the third quarter, well, he's basically cold. So just feed him the rock, let him run angry. Let him get hit. Let him start hitting guys, and, and I think it's going to pay off. The Stamps don't want to fall to one and three off the season. And historically, uh, what has happened in Calgary is they've done very well off the bye. So mm-hmm. maybe they've been able to use that time to get healthy a little bit. It was also bit. with Bo Levi Mitchell. Yeah. 
Yeah. What what are we going to see here from Jake Mayer, the offense, and uh, the Calgary Stampeders? It does appear, like we said, that Reggie Bagleton could be returning and Titus Wall returning to the Stampeders secondary, which will be a big addition to that uh, uh, secondary for the Stamps. As far as the Bombers go, uh, Adam Big Hill was questionable all last week. He's questionable again this week. That'll be big for their run defense. Looks like he's going to be out there. Otherwise, the Bombers are looking relatively healthy at this point of the mm-hmm. season. And uh, that bodes well for them heading into this one on Friday oh. night. Jeff Coat was banged up for the last couple of weeks, played last week, seemed fine. So you get him and Willie Jefferson, those bookends. Like Dembski back playing. D- Dembski back. Uh, you mentioned Adam Baker. Like there was times where on short yardage, like he's usually the one diving over the, and he wasn't doing that. So that yeah. raised a bit of a red flag for me where he wasn't doing what he always does. But I think an 80% Adam Bighill is still pretty damn good. Yeah. I would take an 80% uh, Adam Big Kill on my team. I would I would take day. 80% of anything right now to feel <laughs> like my body is in shambles after slow pitch again. <laughs> uh, maybe we see a heavy dose of, uh, we've seen it the last few weeks, Brady Oliveira is just, mm-hmm. uh, uh, last year when he got the job, it was kind of a slow start, and as the season went on, and they were also splitting between him and Johnny Augustine. It was like a little bit of a audition between the two, and I, Oliveira is just so much more physical. It just, it was the no brainer. Yeah, and I think with the continuity between these two teams, uh, especially in the coaching staffs, mm-hmm. this is always a good game between Winnipeg and Calgary. And all last year, I know that the Stampeders lost those matchups. Uh, again, three of them against the Bombers. But how close were they? Uh, there was the Kamar Jordan uh, bounce off his arm in the end zone. I lost so much money on that. <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to bring it up. I lost 150 on that one. Well, like what an end to I was that chasing. game. I was chasing. That's the problem. Last year uh, between the Stamps and the Bombers, and they actually ended up losing uh, 35-28 a couple weeks later, and then they lost 31-29 last year. So the point differential You go 0-3 and lose by a total of 13 points? Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. So uh, Dave Dickinson is going to have his team prepared as best as he can going into Winnipeg on Friday night. But you better believe that the Bombers are going to be ready for a West Division showdown as well. The one thing we forgot in that Edmonton game, uh, Jake Serezna this week got fined. Well, I was going to mention it in Ottawa the next game anyway. Oh, but, yeah, but we had talked about Edmonton. Yeah. The Ticats are two-point favorites over the Ottawa Red Blacks here. Basically a pick right? Yeah. Um, let, let's just start with Ottawa there. It does appear that Jeremiah Masoli is set to make his season debut. But first, Tyree Adams is going to miss the rest of the season with an ACL injury. So tough after he has that big win against Edmonton, ending that losing streak for Ottawa. And it does appear that the injury did happen on a low hit from Jake Serezna of Edmonton, and he's been fined the maximum amount, but Tyree Adams is out the rest of the year. That's tough. 
it sucks because it's Ottawa again. It's another low hit. I don't think like I, I wouldn't know. color Serezna as a dirty player. No, uh, no hit. Like yeah, he's probably hit guys low in the past, but it, the game is so fast. Uh, you know, yeah. you're just trying to grab onto a guy. I get it. it. Sucks. Great game for Tyree. He's out for the year. They didn't say it's torn or anything. It just says injury, yeah. so it could just be yeah. a sprain. But it's just safer to take him out as long as Masoli can stay healthy. Like Masoli coming back, this team like they could go on a bit of a run. They could like if they can ride that momentum off of mm-hmm. last week. That that'd be big. Now, Hamilton coming off the bye. Are, are they going to look any different? Are they going to be fired up home? to Ottawa here. And Mazzoli's definitely going to be fired up uh, coming mm-hmm. back to Tim Horton's field, right? I, I think so. It'd be a bit of a revenge, not revenge, but kind of a, you know, an FU game a little bit. Um, and, and and now, like, you look at Hamilton, yeah, they brought in Bully by Mitchell, but they had to pick between Dane and Jeremiah and let, Mas- let Jeremiah go and then they end up trading Dane anyway and they bring in Bully by Mitchell and they haven't had a win yet, and it's just its just one of those things where if, if Ottawa beats them, it's just kind of a kick in the nuts, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, it's its just, yeah, I, I don't even know. Like, a re- revenge game isn't the right way to put Yeah, like, it's just a big kind of an F. You like to show him what you got, and if he stays healthy, like, this team can go on a run and, and challenge for a playoff spot. It's pretty wild that actually Jeremiah Masoli got hurt last year in At Saskatchewan. One week before he was set to make his return to Tim mm-hmm. Horton's field. So it never happened. And uh, now we're getting it. So <laughs> this is. It's not the return we want, though. You know, that's true. We know the return we all want, but the schedule. I never thought baseball would have a better schedule than a nine team league, but here we are. <laughs> Bow to Calgary, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really unfortunate that uh, that won't be. That won't be happening. So Masoli, all, all of a sudden, the pressure is on a little bit more, mm-hmm. not only to perform but to to stay healthy too. <laughs> yeah, stay healthy and keep this momentum going. Like, yeah, to finally get that home win. Yeah, Tyree gets hurt, but Masoli's coming back. Like, I, I, I don't know how. Like, there's got there is definitely pressure in Ottawa because of the futility of the last couple of years. And Masoli was supposed to come in and kind of turn that around, and he gets hurt, and that all gets screwed over last year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like if if stuff goes, if everything goes horribly wrong in this game, like it, I'm not saying you got to trade Masoli, but it's just like, are we going to have to figure something out at the end of the season? What we're doing now, because you know how long can you go four and fourteen or five and thirteen before? Like I don't want to, I don't want to say the franchise folds, but like till everything is blown up because it's been they. They have a losing record as a franchise since they come back. They got one Grey Cup win, that one, and then the Grey Cup appearances. But it's like something has to give. And if Masoli can't turn around, I don't know what they do. It's kind of interesting uh, because when you get a win, I, I, I always feel a temptation to be like, well, we, we're changing everything up again. So now that changes the. Yeah. Thing. The dynamic. I guess it was against Edmonton, but then that changes the, <laughs> the chemistry a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, obviously, Masoli's the guy you want behind center, yeah. and uh, he's the guy that brought so much hope last year before the the rough start to the year. But <laughs> I mean, look at the schedule, man. They started last year 
against Winnipeg twice. They lost by mm-hmm. a combined nine points in those two games. And then they played the Nathan Rourke BC Lions and lost by three. And then Masoli got hurt. So it, they weren't far off. No, no, they weren't. Now, same time, moral victories don't get you much. There's going to be the change at quarterback for Ottawa. Could there be, be a change at running back as well? Demontre Tuggle had a nice game last week, and now Devontae Williams has been practicing in full. Will he get his running back job back as well? That'll be a situation to watch, especially if you're building a fantasy lineup. I was happy to have Tuggle's 20-plus points in my lineup last mm-hmm. week. Don't know if he's going to be getting that same opportunity against Hamilton here. I, I don't know. Like you mentioned continuity and not wanting to switch stuff up. Like I know. Do you let Tuggle keep going? Like you ride the hot hand until he's until he can't anymore. I, I don't know. Like it's. I'd be tempted to do that. I I would do it all the time on my franchises on my PlayStation. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wrecking this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the Red Blacks have also acquired linebacker Kevin Francis from the Edmonton Elks. Uh, he did sign with Edmonton back during free agency, felt disrespected, demanded a trade. Now it's finally happened. Uh, Seems like uh, a recurring theme. Yeah, it does. Yeah, right now. A bit of a special teams ace, and uh, he'll mm-hmm. be a big addition on the coverage team for uh, Bob Dice and the Red Blacks now. But remember when Derek Dennis demanded a trade from Edmonton? That was the Brock Sunderland regime, and uh, he was kind of buried on the on the roster, on the suspended list, whatever it was. At least Chris Jones dealt him. Yeah, but at this... <laughs> at, I mean, if a guy can play for you, absolutely, then you go make that deal, but do you want to do anything for that franchise right now? Mm-hmm. If you're another, I was like, we don't want Edmonton <laughs> to figure this out. <laughs> Jalen Acklin has only played one game against his former team, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and it ended up being a nice one tie. Yeah, 23.8 points. I don't know if that's any good. Yeah, so he's going to want to get going. I know he had two catches, 40, 49 yards last week, but having Masoli mm-hmm. back throwing him the ball, they go back to their Hamilton days together. It'll be nice uh, to have them both full strength this week at Tim Hortons Field. Familiar setting for those two guys. Yeah, and, and you know, you talk about familiarity just from continuity with Winnipeg and Calgary. Well, these guys have been, these guys have been together for, you know, more than just the two seasons in Ottawa. So there is that opportunity where if they if they can get going and, and they both stay healthy, that Ackland's season can turn around. I mean, he's had, what, four quarterbacks, five quarterbacks in the last season in a bit. So, you know, if they can, if they can get back on the same page, they could do some damage for sure. The Tiger Cats also come into this game desperate. 0-3, hosting the Grey Cup. They Gotta be won desperate free to sign agency. who they signed. But... Uh, Thankfully, Grey Cups are not handed out in February. They have signed Kai Loxley, uh, the former Edmonton Elk quarterback slash receiver. Don't better not have any short yardage. <laughs> he might not be very happy with that, uh, <laughs> but he is now a uh, Tiger Cat and. Let, let's see here. James Butler was so involved in the Ticats offense. And then they went back the to their old ways. And they had success with that. Mm-hmm. And I realized that 
<laughs> they, they had a close loss uh, to Winnipeg. Well, they lost by 11 to Winnipeg to start the year. We're calling that a close loss? Actually, they weren't close losses. They lost yeah. by 18 to Toronto. And then they lost by, oh, it just gets worse. They lost by 26 to Montreal. So it got progressively worse in the first three games of the year. And I have it I have it on good authority, known as Twitter, that Ticat fans aren't, a big, aren't big fans of Tommy Condell. This might be breaking news to people. <laughs> good authority. <laughs> but... <laughs> No, the new rate limits on uh, Twitter. Uh, what are you only allowed to read six hundred Th- tweets a game? You could just read tweets on Tommy Condell and read no, your you limit. Couldn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You couldn't read them all. <laughs> Way past Elon's yeah. limit, unless you pay more for Twitter. But yeah, who's going to pay for Twitter? Pay, yeah, I already pay for Disney Plus, which now has home improvement on it. No, I don't play for Dis. I mean, yeah, I pay for Disney Plus. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> I already paid for enough crap. I only pay eight dollars for Twitter just to be pissed off for twenty three and a half hours a day. Now to start the year, Duke Williams has been good mm-hmm. for the Thai Cats. Has he had two one hundred yard games here to I start so. the year? Uh, that that's the problem. You can't look up the individual game stats right now. Oh, but. can't you though? Oh, did they fix that? No. But I have a spreadsheet. I <laughs> oh, have a spreadsheet. Back-to-back okay. oh, back 102 yards. Nice. Back-to-back back games with 9 and 10 targets. So, that that is big. Uh, he's going to be someone to watch for uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks. And then, remind me, Ty, Tim White, didn't he have 140-some yards in uh, his last time out for the Ty Cats? The Schultz was One, just... Seven catches on 12 targets, 143 yards, 44 yards after the catch, 21.3 fantasy points with a my, 58.3% catch percentage. Man, my memory is actually okay when it comes to football. You haven't like taken I, a lot of head blows. I, well, I'm actually, my, my head is like erasing some useful information and mm-hmm. filling it with football stuff. Like, I started thinking the other day about all the song lyrics I know. <laughs> I probably could have taken calculus and pushed that out <laughs> and had a way better job. Maybe went to university, but no, I know all the words so we didn't start the fire instead. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, that's some good, uh, I do love Billy Joel. I do love Billy Joel. <laughs> Billy Joel's residency coming to an end at Madison square garden next, uh, next July. Yeah. It's full. <laughs> really need to get a passport. Incredible though. It's wild. A residency at the world's most famous arena. That is, uh, I think, an incredible achievement Mm -hmm. in music. I don't know how we got from uh, Duke Williams to Tim White to Billy Joel, but here we are, Brazilian Ty. Here we are. How how do we get to Kevin Bacon from there? We still got three more. (laughs) Oh, he's somewhere in there. That's for sure. (laughs) Uh, Respect has been given to the Ottawa Red Blacks defense throughout the season, so they're going to be giving Matthew Schiltz Mm -hmm. some fits in this game. But we need to see more from the Tiger Cats defense as well. Poor timing with their penalties and Mm. missed assignments left and right. There is talent, again, on the Tiger Cats defense. It makes me wonder how, like, a guy you don't talk a lot about is Tunde Adelike. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you t- and like when you don't talk about him, it's usually because he's not messing up. And with him being out, I wonder how much that affects that that defense. Right. Maybe not penalty wise, but just just overall, like he's a leader on the field, right? Especially for that secondary. It, I think that's a really that's a tougher loss and a bigger loss than we than we originally think thought it would be. Yeah, he hasn't practiced. He's got a, a hamstring issue right now. Um, but I, I think I actually think the whole Tiger Cats coaching staff is a little bit on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are looking at Orlando Steinauer. People are looking at Tommy Condell, and I think people are starting to look at Mark Washington, the defensive coordinator for the Ticats as well. Uh, Dylan Wynn hasn't seen the field this year, and I think that's probably a, a That's big, another big one. That's a big one that uh, if he's able to get onto the field soon, that'll be a big addition to that mm-hmm. uh, front for the Ticats that can be ferocious at times. But the, yeah. two desperate teams, I think, playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and desperation is either going to breed a really good game or a real sloppy game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you back a cat into the corner, you back a wild animal into a corner. Well, they're either just going to curl up in a ball or they're going to attack. And, and I think if these teams start, they, they make it so desperate, they just start slinging the ball around. And both these defenses have, have the weapons on the back end to, to make, get turnovers and create, create turnovers. Um, I'm just, I, I would rather be like a fundamentally sound, you know, 24, 21 game and a good football game than it be what we saw on Monday night. That was fun too. It was fun, it, <laughs> but I didn't have Toronto's defense either. Yeah, yeah. I had them in my original lineup, and I took them out. Oh wow! Of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes go to Vancouver for the first time since 2019. Tie. They are seven and a half point underdogs. Thought we were, thought we were done talking about the schedule. <laughs> now, look. Uh, some people are probably writing off Vernon Adams Jr. after a rough performance in Toronto. Mm-hmm. But come on. <laughs> I mean, Derek Taylor did have a good point. Well, what was his point? Well, now you see why he's the sixth best quarterback in the league. <laughs> well. Like, it's 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 not that bad, but it's not as good as what we've seen. It's somewhere in the middle. There's got to be an average. Like, it's not a six-pick game, but it's also not him you know, gunslinging and, and putting up 35 points a night and 300 yards. It's somewhere in between those. But you're telling me this uh, Sunday against the Montreal Alouettes. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. His old team that, uh, and I, I realize that there's been some changes in the coaching staff, mm-hmm. although I do think Kari Jones really believed in uh, Vernon Adams Jr. when he was the head coach in Montreal. Mm-hmm. But, of course, uh, Danny Machocha coming in, I guess, wanted his guy. And <laughs> VA and Trevor Harris end up leaving and Cody yeah. Kajard of it here. Anyway, uh, I, I don't think things were amicable when uh, Vernon Adams Jr. was no, it traded seemed like last a, year. seemed like a pretty ugly divorce. And, you know, it's just kind of the kid sitting in the corner wondering if it's his fault. I think we see, motivated, we see a motivated uh, Vernon Adams Jr. Mm-hmm. Sunday. I, th- I think so. Lions. I think he's going to have some, a chip on his shoulder, something to prove. Be like, yeah, maybe you should have kept me and we could have made a run. But I think, I think honestly, it's a lot better off in BC just with the weapons they have right now. 
Well, that being said, maybe, well, I mean, we joke about Cody Fajardo. He's been good mm-hmm. to start the year. In, O-line uh, a little in bit better. But it's not even the offensive weapons. Like, I mean, look at what he had in Saskatchewan. I think people at the beginning of the year would healthy. look at the offense in Montreal and say, well, he doesn't have much to work with. It's, yeah. Especially when it comes to CFL experience. I know there's William Stan back there. And Austin Mack has, been dynamite. Uh, Mack has been dynamite to start yeah. the season. So that helps. Well, they, they got Jake Hardy, good veteran. And uh, Kayon Julian Grant is really, yeah. this might be his breakout year. Mm-hmm. What, what a great second half he had against uh, Winnipeg last week. And Montreal couldn't finish critical drives in the second half. And that probably ended up being the difference there. I seen them to finish one drive and get another field goal. Like, I just needed a yeah. backdoor cover. That's all yeah. I needed. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. Now, they're going to be tested again against a very strong BC Lions defense who did as much as they could against Toronto, but when your offense gives the ball away as often as they did, I I think that Lions defense is going to be giving Cody Fajardo a little bit of trouble too, especially mm-hmm. that defensive line. Matthew Betts, now... The league leader in sacks. Yes. Now, is it – there's been a good history of Canadian D linemen in B.C. Brent Johnson, Ricky Foley had uh, good years in B.C. Oh, I forgot about Ricky Foley. Yeah. So there is uh, a great, great D line happening in B.C. right now, and Betts looks like an absolute monster. And, and- – like we talk about Willie Jefferson and you know, he's so big and so rangy and his, his wingspan, he can knock down pass. He can do everything from that DN spot. Matthew Betts just, it's a different way of playing, but it's just as, it's just as impressive. And it just seems like when he wants to get the quarterback, you're nobody's getting in his way. Um, you know, Not as big obviously and stuff like that, but he finds a way. And, and you know, the long we talk about all the time, like the longer you play, the more tricks of the trade you learn, and how to get that little inside move, the rip, swing, like all that stuff. And, he, and he's figured it out and he's becoming a menace. And it's like so fun to watch. How many linemen in the CFL just last? Because it gets smarter, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, look at the year Charleston Hughes had at 37 years old. Yeah. Yeah. All those like, little tricks. The, they, they know how to beat these uh, oh, yeah. O-linemen. Yeah. Uh, for BC, they're now... And you're also not taking huge hits yeah. as a defensive lineman. So... It, you get a little bit career longevity that way. You're not getting targeted. Yeah. Uh, BC's offense is going to be tested against Montreal's defense as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Noah Thorpe has his group uh, together to start the year, and they've been giving teams some trouble as well. Take one, Mizell. Man, there was a run he had against Winnipeg. They didn't give him the ball much against the Bombers last week, but he absolutely undressed a couple defenders on the field uh, mm-hmm. for the Bombers last week. And I think we could be seeing him more against uh, Montreal coming up on Sunday. Well, and that can only help to get Vernon Adams Jr. back into his rhythm after throwing six picks. I think he, not necessarily lean on the run game, but establish it, get mm-hmm. that going. Uh, get Montreal thinking twice before they're able to just, you know, sell out pass-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if it starts working and he racks up big numbers and he's scoring, then you don't need to go away from it that much. And come the end of the game, the defense is going to be so worn out. It's going to be easier to run the clock out. going to be easier to hold on to the ball, sustain drives and all that stuff. It, it just it snowballs if you can get it established and it works. 
We uh, we only have a practice report so far from Montreal. Armando Sewell and William Stanback limited or didn't practice uh, due to an illness, but Siante Williams missing. Uh, Pierre Olivier Lestage back uh, practicing on the offensive line for the Alouettes. I, I think any time, even if the Lions don't win, the, those receivers that they have give uh, Vernon Adams a chance mm-hmm. on any play to make a big play, especially with uh, Dominic Rimes there. And I know in his fantasy career, struggled against Montreal. I wonder if a lot of that was his time with Ottawa and who was throwing him the ball and how was that offense when he was there. (laughs) And I think he's one of those receivers who just kind of get the ball in his general vicinity and he'll have a shot at it. And I think is he Brian Burnham, <laughs> but I think Vernon Adams and the lions maybe took that advice a little too literally last week against Toronto because 10 targets, three catches, <laughs> 10 <laughs> targets, three catches. How many picks were uh 19 seven. number 19 targets? <laughs> probably, like. probably seven, even though he only threw six. <laughs> like, yeah, you look, so Lucky Whitehead, 14.7. Keon Hatcher, 11.5. Dom Rimes, 5.2 against Montreal. But like their career numbers, 12.6, 10.7, 11.6. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like career average when it comes to fantasy-wise. So I mean, any three of those guys right now, uh, you know, and Alex Holland at 10.4 per game. Leading the like, CFL in catches, Alex yeah, Holland. I, I don't see all four of those guys putting up huge numbers, but if you can find the right one or two and you want to throw them in your lineup, I I don't know if there's a wrong. Well, there is. there will be a wrong one. Or two for yeah. sure, just because they don't get picked, yeah, as part of the game plan as much. But I mean, it's safe to say that any four of those guys could be the primary guy going into this week. I I always partial to Dominic Rhymes mm-hmm. just because the way Vernon Adams looks his way in the end zone. It just yeah. seems like he is it's that inevitable. guy. Death taxes and Dom Rhymes in the end zone. Yeah, a monster. And Bobachet being a terrible defensive shortstop. <laughs> once they are uh, in striking distance of a major, but it, it's man, it's tough to turn down uh, Austin Mack. He's mm-hmm. averaging almost twenty points a game in his fantasy career in the CFL, and that's only uh, three games deep. So <laughs> that is ridiculous. It has been a great start to a CFL career that- for him. I think that might lead uh, active receivers. Like now in the entire league? Like overall. I would uh, I would want to know Dom Rimes' yeah. numbers uh, to start the year. because Dom uh, Rimes at 11.6 career average. Yeah, oh, awesome Mack is number on one at 19.5. No, like active guys, like okay. career averages. Maurice yeah. French, one game, 19.4. Dalton Schoen, 15.8 points per game. That's his average? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I think there are uh, great storylines and great intrigue going into these week five games starting Thursday in Regina and ending Sunday in Vancouver. What is uh, your team looking like to start uh, or at this point of the at week? Point, yeah, it's going to change for sure. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Harris, Jamal Morrow, Tuggle, Dependent. Uh, Rhymes, yeah. Hatcher, Shannon Brooks, he was 2.5, and the Riders defense. So uh, I went with Vernon Adams Jr. as my quarterback. Now, suddenly he's a lot cheaper. 
than the top tier guys. They're all 15K. Vernon Adams Jr. was 15K, but the six interceptions brought him back. Uh, For what? Like 14-5? (laughs) 12-5. Jamal Morrow is my number one RB. Devontae Williams, my number two RB. Uh, Samuel Emelis of the Riders, uh, Dom Rhymes. I've made him. I'm. I'm gonna I make him. Riding. I made him my captain. Yeah, I'm gonna keep doing that. See what <laughs> yeah. happens. And I've actually my hail mary, a half court three point shot is Rice and John of the Calgary Stampeders making his first. Jesus. It looks like first career start um, against the Bombers. Look, I know it's a hail mary, but. It's something. You got your beads? <laughs> I'm selling my soul. <laughs> and I do have the rider defense against Taylor Cornelius. The sale, everything about me must go. Say my sense of dignity for five bucks. <laughs> which means that Taylor Cornelius will throw for 315 yards and rush for another 42. Shut your whore mouth. <laughs> I'd like 60 points this week. This game... Wow, I had uh, I hate over it so much. I was triple I hate digits. It. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It's like golf. I hate it so much. <laughs> but if you have a good week, Ty finishes it's, one overall. Oh, this it's is the awesome. best. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to come back tomorrow. <laughs> uh, who are you picking to win the games, man? Uh, Riders, Bombers, Red Blacks, Lions. Riders, Bombers, Red Blacks, Lions. So mm-hmm. I got Riders, Bombers. Lions, holy crap! I'll just copy you. Red that, blacks. That, that worked out well last week. <laughs> I've been terrible in pick'em. Okay, remember when I was so good last year? And yeah, I, felt like I couldn't miss. What's going on? Well, they changed the game. <laughs> it's the old Dutch sponsorship, isn't it? Yeah, it throws me off. <laughs> you can rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out on your favorite podcatcher. You can support us on Patreon to get that uh, episode earlier than anybody else. And you can like and comment on YouTube as well. Week five is here. Brazilian Thai, when are you going back to work here? Monday? Well, yeah, my first day at work will be Monday, so I leave Saturday. Leaving Saturday. So I'm going to try to make it to Prince George. Okay. Uh if not, it'll be it'll have to be McBride, and then from there get to camp Sunday. Can't check in till three because they run it like a freaking hotel. <laughs> Stupid. And then yeah, unpack, get set up, and game starts at five o'clock Sunday night. Yep. So it'll be four o'clock for me. So I'll be in a mad dash to get everything going, so I can watch that, and then we can record. You might as well just go from PG to Vancouver, go to the game, and then drive home. I mean, drive back to camp. Yeah. That sounds awful. (laughs) We had talked about it because our boss wants to bid on a job in Vancouver. I'm like, well, that just means we're getting Lion season tickets, doesn't it, Tim? He's like, well, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) Well, uh, write them off. Safe safe travels to work, pal. And. We'll talk to you uh, Sunday night after that Sunday night or between the Lions and I will be Alouettes. I will be disheveled. It's <laughs> all hell, I'm sure. <laughs> to it out podcast, Travis Curra, Brazilian Thai. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. 